Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Today's specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Cars are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. with Collider FYC and I am so thrilled to have you all here tonight for a discussion with the team behind Rocket Man. Please welcome Dexter Fletcher, the director of the film. Jamie Bell. And of course, Taryn Edgerton. So obviously I figured we'd start at the beginning with this and I was reading up a little that um, Elton and David had been developing this for something like 10 years before it actually got going and it just seems like a no-brainer to me that we would get an Elton John movie. So what do you think was the holdup and then what was the key to getting the green light? Um, I, I don't know what the direct answer to what the holdup was. I mean, you know, any film takes someone somewhere ready to, willing to gamble a whole deal of money. I mean, you know, the, these, these things don't just uh, happen cheaply. I mean, you know, uh, we didn't spend a lot of money on it, but, you know, someone's got to go, OK, I'm going to in, invest a significant amount of money. Uh, but I think, you know, there's certainly with films uh, and, and passion projects like, like Rocket Man is, because it it's, you know, certainly for David and Elton, it's a passion project. It takes people with passion and real belief and a certain sort of stars-aligning kind of uh, vibe to come along, and, and that allows it to really uh, to fly and, and find its place in the world. And, and it was certainly that, you know, with Taron meeting out on the set of, uh, of Kingsman 2 and Matthew Vaughan and Jamie getting involved. You know, there's, all the pieces have to come together at the right time and right place, and, uh, and that's what happened. So there you go. Yeah. Taryn, can you give us a little sense of how everything and when everything happened for you? Because I know it it kind of got a, it kind of got started for Matthew Vaughn right after that Kingsman movie. So, did you first hear about this project when you got an offer to be in it, or was it kind of like I don't know? There were rumors around the set, or you heard a little buzz from him? No, I mean he's he's you know Matthew Vaughn is nothing if not direct, um, and he just sort of said. Um, how do you feel about playing out John in a musical? I suspect he knew the answer. You know, it was, you know, 
yes, please. <laughs> um, uh, and, but then there was this kind of gestation period, which was t- two years, really. And in that time, you know, nothing is certain. You know, as Dexter's just been saying, there's an element of alchemy that has to happen in terms of financing and the right group of people coming together. And it was probably at the end of 2017 that it started to sort of feel like it was threatening to be a real thing. Um, and then in Feb- February of 2018, Dexter, myself, Giles Martin, who's behind the music in the film, David Furnish, Matthew Vaughan, lots of people. Too many people, actually. It was a bit stressful. Basically, I had to sit behind a piano at Abbey Road and sing two songs. I remember arriving and thinking, why on earth are there 45 people in this room while I'm f- doing As if it's not nerve-wracking enough. Um, but anyway, we managed to get through that, and we actually had some fun, didn't we, doing it? It was really cool. And it was at that point that I, I mean, I don't know, I then sort of removed myself from the equation, but I think at that point, Dexter and Matthew went to Paramount and showed them that footage and said, look, this is a taster of what we're hoping to put together. Um, And Paramount amazingly, kindly decided to join us on the journey, and and that's how we got the money, and that's how it got going. And then Jamie joined us, and Richard, and all the other wonderful cast members. It's quite the ensemble in this. I'm curious, though, having worked together on Eddie the Eagle, what was your first reaction when you heard you had both signed on here? Well, thank you very much. Um, You know, well, look, Dexter and I, um, anyone who's watched an interview with us knows there is a familiarity between us. And, um, uh, you know, we... we, We're very good friends. (laughs) But, um, you know, we... uh, we knew it was all happening. There was a dialogue going on at the time, and I think Dexter and I both had a kind of mutual excitement about the other person starring in and directing. It just felt right, you know. Dexter, there's a, there's a colour and a vibrancy and a, and a joyous quality in his work, and, and that just felt like it was a great recipe for this subject matter. And also, you know, the movie leans into some adult, darker things, but, you know, no one wants a musical about Elton John to be dirty or overly heavy. And I think it's Dexter's particular skill set that, that I suspected and everyone thought would lift, lift that. It's a good description of it for sure. Jamie, I'm curious, what was it like for you working with another Lee Hall script? Was it kind of like jumping right back into his style of writing? Not particularly. Um... No, I worked with Lee Hall when I was like 13 years old, and uh, I don't really remember re- like his writing in any particular Little movie called Billy Alley. You way. guys might know it. <laughs> that was 100 years ago. He's still got it, though. <laughs> he can still do it. Mm. I just didn't get him to do it in Rocket Man. That's true. That's true. No, I, I mean, there, there was... Uh, there was a lot that was kind of aligned, kind of cosmically, about this film. Obviously, one that Lee Hall had written it. Um, two Weirdly, as well, we met. Sorry to yes, yes, you. we we, did, we, we, we met so February. Well, lovely to work Probably together, before you'd done that um, yes. thing at Abbey Road. Sorry, yeah, no, no, and um, and uh, and I met Elton John for the first time when I was a child because he'd seen Billy Elliot and he was very moved by it and affected by it. Um, and then he wrote the, the music for the musical, which was very successful and everything else. Yes, very good. Um, so in playing his kind of best friend of his entire life, somehow it kind of felt, I don't know, um, written in the stars in a way. 
Bernie has such an incredible effect on uh, Elton, and I'm wondering if you guys in your careers have a Bernie in your life, just someone where if you're having a tough day, you know that they're your rock. You can always lean on them or go to them whenever you need help. I mean, I suppose we'd probably all say our partners, I guess, is the person that, you know, you're, you're, you're significant to other. Um, but I'm aware that's a bit of a boring answer. Yeah. I, I, I've worked with a, a manager for 22 years uh, who has guided me from being a troubled teen through kind of dropping out of school to trying to figure out how to be an actor and sleeping on people's couches and going to auditions and telling me that I should work with good filmmaker Bong Joon-ho and Kerry Fukunaga and uh, you know, these, uh, Lars von Trier, these filmmakers that I had no idea about when I was a child growing up. So... Um, and it's always there in my weakest moment. And I probably haven't been great with her in the way that Elton hadn't been great a lot of the time, I think, with Bernie. But that friendship, that sense of being able to do something which you regret and say, I'm sorry, and the other person say, I know, it's okay. I'm very I fortunate think to have that. Particularly unique, not a particularly unique relationship, but I think that Elton and Bernie together create something sort of that is unique to them, you know. It's the Elton John sound that we all know and love, you know, those songs, that soundtrack to, to a lot of our lives. It's been a partnership that's been going for 50 years. And, um, and I think that was part of the joy of it for us, was to take a look at that and explore it and, and, and find a way of, of getting that up, up on screen and, and uh, examining this particularly kind of male friendship that is so close and productive and still endures, you know, 50 years later. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, like Taryn says, it's a hard one to answer. I, you know, there's something so particular about Elton and Bernie together. It, it's so special. Something about that feels so perfect, where a line like that could have gone any which way. Do you know in a moment like that when you're performing, like, that's the one I got it? Never. <laughs> Basic, I probably left that day going, fuck that up as well. Definitely not there. There's something about that that is just so pitch perfect to me. Well, Dexter really led me through that, actually, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it's all to the director, because we're, not, we're in the scene, we're conversing with each other, and we're not looking at the monitor, so it's, it's him. But I think it, it does speak to Bernie as a man. He's just so accepting, so loving in, in this beautiful platonic way, which is lovely between two men in a film. But, you know. yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's something that we discussed, but it is, it's always the guys who are front and centre, you know, and, and, and it is great, and, and that's the great honour of, 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 of being the director of, of, and working with guys like this, because you have an idea, or you have a discussion, or you bring something forward, but then it's the guys that do it, and they execute it in this sort of extraordinary way that you go, well, I thought that would be a good idea, but I didn't know it was that fucking good. I mean, you know, it, it's because... They, they play so beautifully, and, and it's the same. Yeah, but he's being humble there, actually. There's, it's not, it's, I love you for it, but it's not true. And actually, there is an element of, for me as an actor, having worked with Dexter twice, you know, it, when, you are, when you're an actor in a film, you're essentially revealing bits of you and your personality through the prism of another character, and it can feel really exposing. And there's a strange thing that happens to you where you become sort of super sensitive, you know. I always think about it like a lobster that's getting dropped in a pot, you know, because you, like, you become, you know, because you're trying to reveal something honest, and any critique of it can feel really hard to take. And I've never 
had that with Dex. It always, you always feel nurtured. There's always an atmosphere of play and joy, and you always feel like you're working towards a shared goal. So you're wrong. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. They, they couldn't do it without me. I'm a genius. So you two, I imagine, having worked together before, probably have a little bit of a shorthand. You know each other very well. It's like this. He just goes. Having worked on this, is there any specific thing, and for both of you, that either of you did that even though you worked together made you kind of step back and say, like, damn, I didn't even know he was capable of that? I mean, you know, it blows my mind how anyone can pull a movie together, you know, the prospect. Just, I've feel terrified just as the guy at the center of it but to be thinking about the whole pie and then to do that and still have a sort of uh, a happy outlook and a, and, a, and, a, and a good disposition and and still make the effort to make everyone feel valid and a part of it is you know I mean I think I'd be a grumpy nightmare if I was making a movie together so you know so I, I always feel very impressed and inspired by Dex on a day-to-day basis. That's a sort of vague answer because I can't think of an example. <laughs> it's because there's too many things. It, it, it's, hard, it's hard, you know, it is hard. And, and, and what we want to do is create an environment and a, and a, and a space where the pressures of everything that's on us, because there is a lot of pressures on us, are, are not what we have to focus on, what they any of us, we want to be able to focus on what we can create in that moment. And every day's got to feel different. Every day's got to feel exciting. And what's hard about it is, is when you're laying in bed at night staring at the ceiling and going, what are we doing tomorrow and how did that go today? You've somehow got to be able to find ways of putting that away. And, and, and you get, you know, nerves is the killer of creativity. That's the phrase. That I, and... and, and Anything we can do to not let that creep in and just have the moment and go for that and, and just enjoy it and go, great. Well, I wasn't right, was it? We can get there, you know. It's, it's got to be a process. And, um, and, and, and it is fortunate for me and Taryn, you know, and hopefully for James as well coming in on that. We, we have that kind of understanding and, and we don't articulate it very often. We don't have to. We just sort of understand how it works. Um, and so hopefully the magic of it is now not broken and now that we've spoken about it. Yeah. Oh, God. You can feel it while you're watching the movie. It radiates off screen, and that's what matters in a theater like this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So you have an incredible lead ensemble here, but I was actually wondering about casting some of the individuals in the rehab scene, just because, you know, it's easy to watch a scene like that and say, oh, they're just extras, but they're in such a significant part of the movie. So can you talk us through that process a little? Okay, so there's a bunch of people there that I'd kind of come across before that I knew, some people that I'd worked with as actors before. There's a, I was in a TV show called Band of Brothers many years ago, and there was one guy... There was one guy from Band of Brothers in there who I particularly loved. There was a mate of mine who's like a fashion designer from Lithuania who pulled out his camera one day and started filming Taron in the middle of a take. And Taron went, uh, we've just got to stop a minute because that guy's filming me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you can't do that. Because he's like, what? I didn't know. I, you know. I, uh, He's kind of, he's not like, he's like dressed like Galliano. He's sort of saying, but I tried to choose this eclectic group of people that, that I thought were interesting and, 
And then I, I did, I worked with those guys as well. I was like, you've got to make up a history. You've got to tell me the reason why you're here, who you are. Because I didn't know whether we would lean into that or not, or whether we would use it. But to me, no one is a supporting artist. Even the, you know, even the people in the crowd, they've got to know who they are. We try to make time and, and get some sort of connection with all of those people so that they feel part of the whole that we're all doing. And, you know, and... and it becomes, unfortunately, a bit of a catchphrase, but I do say it, and I mean it, because I want everyone who's a supporting artist to be involved, and I shout out before I take, we're all going to be famous, you know, <laughs> because I want people to feel excited and engaged by it, and, that, and it's got to be full of possibility. And I've I, heard him say that over a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> I say it a lot. I've got I to think... I he said think it before we came on. I usually save this for the very end, but because of what you had just mentioned, I want to know, who would you guys each name the unsung hero of Rocketman? Because we know Dexter, we know the whole ensemble, but is there a PA or, I don't know, someone at craft service who had a coffee in hand for you when you really need it that you think we need to hear more about? Well, the first person my mind goes to is Giles Martin. Yeah. You know, and he... He may not be unsung, but there is an element of him sort of, you know, he's very English and self-deprecating. Oh, no, 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 don't make a fuss. You know, he's... But, but what he did with the music, what he... The work he did with Taron and Jamie and all the actors, you know, who are walking into a musical, and Jamie will, will speak to it as, you know, I never even asked him if he could sing. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, did I? And then I went, oh, you're singing Yellow Brick Road, by the way. <laughs> Because that wasn't in the script. I just thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> you did say to me at one point, "Why don't you ask me to dance? I'm quite a good dancer." <laughs> I was like, yeah, I never thought of that. Shit. I I um I completely agree, Giles Martin. But oh, um, and of course, you know, everyone brought their level best to this um to this whole process. I think one of our producers, Adam Bowling, and he's kind of the producer who does like a lot of the unglamorous stuff of the kind of the the numbers stuff but he was also someone who brought an atmosphere of positivity and you know when me and Dex and whoever else happens to be on set that day might be kind of a bit fatigued and a bit flat he'd come in with his kind of military background optimism and go come on let's go you know and that sort of and that is uh that's that's a true unsung hero right there so I'd say Adam, Adam Bowling yeah Jamie, you want to add anyone else? I've got, I, I agree with both of them. Everybody. I hate to have to wrap this up. I'm going to remind you guys, please stay seated and give you guys a big round of applause in the movie. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here tonight. Stay little chico, people. Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you've got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Today's specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. 
Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Cars are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change.